Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Praise God. So we are continuing on in our series, What Shall I Fear? Amen. And we are on lesson number five. And lesson number five is the word. It's the word. Remember last week was, or week before last, wasn't that a great revival we had? Amen. Week before last was a prayer strategy. And now we're talking about the word. And I think everyone deep down uh, want, has, has a desire to want to be free from the spirit of fear, anxiety, and tormenting thoughts. Everybody does. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be up uh, at night with nightmares or with can't go to sleep because all these stressful thoughts are all over you. Amen. But the Bible gives us clear instructions on how to obtain this freedom. John chapter 8, verse 31 Then Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Verse 32, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. We're talking about being free. And the truth is the only thing that can make us free. Amen. The author tells a story about a lady uh, that she knew that loved to go to service, that loved to go to hear Bible studies. Uh, Amen. But she really didn't get into the word for herself in a personal devotion kind of way. Amen. And, you know, going to Bible studies is great. We need it. Uh, We need to hear the word, Uh, you know, getting into daily devotionals and other books about the Bible. That's great. But there's no substitute for reading and studying the Bible for ourselves. Amen. The Bible is what we need. Amen. We have to study it. We got to read it. You know, some people, when they first uh, start looking at the Bible, maybe a new convert, new person that just started to read, they might not know where to start. They might start reading and get kind of overwhelmed, intimidated, not understanding what, what they're reading, and, and, uh, and then uh, kind of get frustrated with it. Amen. But what we need to do is we need to get a personal devotion uh, with God, a daily devotion on our own where we have a relationship with Him in His Word. Amen. Start slow and easy. You know, the book of Psalms is a great place to start, uh, you know, slow and easy. Or start in Matthew, beginning of the Gospels in the New Testament, and go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, book of Acts. Those are all good ones to start for new people that are starting to get into the Word. Amen. But, and then every time that uh, we begin to read the Bible, let's ask God, just say a quick little prayer, Lord, speak to me when I'm reading this word right now. You know, show me something out of this word. Because our scripture passage tells us to abide in the word, which is another way of saying to be in the word. It tells us in order to be his disciples, we must be in the word. It tells us in order to know the truth, we must be in the word. It tells us in order for the truth to set us free, we must be in the word. Amen. And church is important. I don't want to even, uh, you know, underestimate the importance of coming and hearing the word. Praise God. Taught and preached. But we need it to get it on our own. Praise God as well. 
Amen. In between times, in between Thursdays, in between Sundays. Amen. We can fight the, the lies of fear with the word of God. The truth we find in his word is what we need to set us free. Now we'll find hope in the pages of the Bible. And I thank God for that. One of the, one of the powerful ways we can use the word of God is to pray the word. Has anybody ever prayed the word? Amen. I hear a couple uh-huhs. You know, and pray, what, what's praying the word? That's, that, that's just like having your Bible open when you're praying and uh, just, you know, you know, reading some word while you're praying and ma- even making it personal to you. Amen. You know, inserting yourself in that word. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, a little bit later in the lesson, because this is the first lesson, lesson five, that I will be given homework. I won't be tested and I won't be asking you to uh, turn it in. So it'll be on the honor system. Amen. But the more you read the word, the more uh, you'll have it in your heart and mind. The more you read the word, the more you'll recall the word. And sometimes we, you know, when you're, we don't have a Bible around, of course, back in the old days, we, we only had the paper Bibles, right? And, uh, but I used to have one always in my car. I had one at church. I had one at home. I had one at work. I had one everywhere I could be so that if I needed one, I'd have it. Now we have it on our phone and we can look at it real quick. But, you know, back, back in the day we had to, oh, I don't have a Bible around. Well, I'm just going to recall because I've read it. Because I've heard it preached, and I've, I've, you know, after you read it a while, you'll commit parts of the Bible to memory, and that's powerful. God will help you recall certain portions when you need them the most. When you're trying to talk to someone about God, He'll give you in that hour what you need to say. And there's been times I'm sure you might have been amazed at what you've said to somebody, and I don't know where that came from. Well, you know what? Uh, you need to put it in for God to put it out. I know God can do anything. Amen. But if you open your mouth, you know, some people say, well, just open your mouth. You know what God will fill it with? Hot air. Just open in your mouth. But if you've put something in because you prayed about it and you read the word and you studied it, when you open your mouth, it won't just be hot air. It'll be God coming out of there with words that you have put inside your heart and your mind. Amen. So his word tells us that we can have peace hope and joy. But sometimes, folks, we have to fight for that. It doesn't just come automatically. I don't just wake up in the morning, peace, hope, and joy is just automatic. Sometimes I've got to fight because there's things that counteract those things. Amen. Trying to, uh, you know, keep me down. And so I have to fight. Let's use the word of God. Amen. To claim and to fight for these wonderful things that God's promised and that we will have the victory. Hebrews 4.12 said, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word is our weapon. It's a two-edged sword. Remember, his, his, his word is what Paul said in the, in the armor of God in Ephesians 6. It is the sword of the Spirit. It's a two-edged sword. Amen. What does that mean? It cuts both ways. It cuts on me, and it cuts on somebody that I'm using against. 
Sometimes, you know, I need the word to get to slice open a part of my heart so God can bear it open so he can take out something that needs to be gone or whatever. But it gets down, it pierces down to the division of our soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow, which is a metaphorical statement of inside of our hearts and souls. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. Amen. So the more we're in the word, the more we digest it. And the more we digest it, you know, the wonderful thing about that is eventually it becomes a filter that all of our thoughts, our emotions, and our decisions run through. And that's what we want. We want all that stuff to run through the filter of God's word that we have hid in our hearts. You know, remember Psalm 119 said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So we hide his word and it becomes a deterrent. It becomes a help when temptation comes that the word just raises up in front of us and helps us to escape. Amen. You know, um, the author, when she was a newlywed, uh, she spent so much time cooking for her newlywed husband, you know, she would spend, you know, you know, hours preparing this meals every day. And, you know, he would come home, he would sit down to these, these meals that she, you know, took two, three hours and here's the main dish and all these courses and all these side dishes and dessert and everything. And she said he would sit down and he would wolf it down in five minutes and say, thank you, that was so good. And get up and just, you know, mosey on the, about his day or in the house or whatever. And she got kind of, you know, a little bit hurt by that because, you know, he, he just, you know, she appreciated the thank you, but he just wolfed it down. You know, I'm sure my wife is, uh, can, can uh, attest to the fact that I've done that a few times, wolfed it down after she's, you know, slaved over a hot stove and done all this stuff, and it's gone in five minutes. And, uh, you know, sometimes she says, hey, it's not going to go anywhere. You know, you don't, you can just... Uh, you know, take your time. And I go, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just uh, <laughs> get too excited, start eating, shoveling it in. But, you know, she appreciated the thank you. But she just said, man, he just wolfs it down. And it's like, you know, I, I worked so hard. And it was like she made the comparison. And it's like, you know, it's like the Lord. Look what he did to provide the Bible to us. Look how many people, how many situations, how many thousands of years, uh, you know, 66 books, all these different writers over thousands of years in different continents and different from a king to a, to a shepherd to a tax collector. and It all harmonizes and everything he put in there, all inspired by God. And so the point is, she said, you know what? We don't want to scarf it down. We don't want to rush through the word. We want to have some good time to spend. You know, because with the word of God, it's not quantity, it's quality. It's not like I'm going to read 10 chapters, even if I only have five minutes. No, don't do that. Just read. Even if, it, if you only read part of a chapter or a few verses, you're reading it prayerfully. You're reading it for God to speak to you, not to, to win the contest of the Evelyn Wood re speed reading contest where you just go. You know, I remember the commercials. I go, wow, I'm going to sign up for that. I can read a book at school and get over it. If for a book report, I can just, you know, go like this and comprehend 80%. Oh, yeah, it kind of flopped. 
because he can't do that. Yeah. So the word of God is our spiritual food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So let's not scarf it down. Let's not speed read it. And let's not treat it like a reader's digest, a novel, or, you know, some other newspaper or something. Let's treat it like the living, breathing word of God. And uh, let's just let it speak to us. The Bible is the book of all books. It's the heart of God, the mind of God, and the will of God. Amen. So let's read it prayerfully and savor every bite of it. I've told my wife a million times, I have uh, taste buds that are turbo, you know, mode, and they can just scan the food really fast, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm savoring it, but I'm just savoring it faster than most people. I'm not taking a little piece of chocolate, like a little Hershey kiss, put it on my tongue, and it just stays there for like 20 minutes. No, that's the 20th kiss will be there in 20 minutes. Because they're like little chocolate vitamins, and I just pop them down. Amen. But you know, Psalm 119, verse 18 said, Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things out of your law, from your law. And that's a prayer like, Lord, speak to me. Lord, open my eyes. I, I don't just want to read this and go, well, I read it, but I have no idea what it said. You know, and we not, might not always know, but you can always ask somebody. You, you know, you can ask me. I don't have all the answers, but I'll try to get them. Amen. But you know what I do? is uh, when I'm reading something and I don't understand it, and uh, I, I'll, I'll look at another place, I'll go to a commentary to, to, that has some you know, insight, and I'll try to find out. I'll even look, I'll Google you know, something and try to figure something out because I want to know, what does that mean? What's he trying to tell me there? Amen. And that's the beauty of it, the Word. Praise God. God's Word is the one thing the enemy loves to twist and to confuse us, to bring us down. Remember, uh, the, the devil is the father of lies, and he's also the master of half-truths. Remember, his ministers are the ministers of light. You know, so people, people wonder, you mean the devil has ministers? Yes, he does. Amen. And, the, and Paul said the devil disguises himself as an angel of light because his very name, Lucifer, is, means the son of the morning, and his ministers, the people that follow him, they are disguising themselves as sheep in, wool, or in uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, trying to deceive and twist and confuse. And the devil misused the word of God when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness. He quoted some scripture from the Old Testament, and he even misused that to try to trip Jesus up. Amen. But you know what Jesus did? He rebuked the devil by using more scriptures and Jesus used them right because he's God and he wrote the Bible. Amen. That's why, folks, it's very important that we get the Bible for ourselves, that we read it for ourselves. Don't let someone say, you know, like, okay, this is what it says and da-da-da-da and say, oh, I guess that's what it says because they said it says that. No. You, you go and look at what it says. You know, when Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 17, he went to Berea and he preached. And the Bible said the people in Berea were more noble than those people in Thessalonica because they heard Paul's preaching with gladness of heart, but they went home and searched the scriptures to make sure he was really telling the truth. 
And you know what? I don't want you to take my word for it. Amen. I want you to go check it out. I want you to go listen to the podcast and get the scriptures out and say, hey, okay, well, okay, he, he, he did okay. All right. You know, because some people are just, you know, saying stuff. Uh, and, you know, I want to hide behind the word of God. I want the word of God to be talking when I'm up here. Praise God. And, you know, we, we got to know uh, the word for ourselves because the Bible said if we don't, the Satan will get an advantage of us, 2 Corinthians 2.11, for we are not ignorant of his devices. How do we find out about his devices? The truth tells us. Amen. You know, at one point, and we've talked about this in earlier lessons, that the author, there was a few times, she was so overwhelmed with fear and anxiety that there were times she thought she was going to die. And there was, was another time she's recounting this kind of same kind of thing. And the verses of Scripture that really were supposed to be promises of hope became warnings of doom to her because she was so letting fear take over that she didn't even let the Scripture speak to her the way it's supposed to. You know, and, and uh, a friend of hers at church who knew what she was struggling with gave her a little piece of paper with a Scripture written on it. And it's a, a Scripture that we've all uh, heard and read, and it's Jeremiah 29, 11. And in one version it says, and this was the version that the lady wrote on uh, the little piece of paper it says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, God said, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And so what, you'd say, well, hey, that's a good scripture. But the, she saw that expected end and she goes, I'm at the end. I'm going to die. She like totally misinterpreted that scripture because her state of mind was in a bad, uh, bad place. But thankfully, she saw another version of that verse, and it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's the same thing as that expected end, but she saw that, and she goes, Thank you, Jesus, for showing me that version of it. And that, that, that right there, you can't mess with that thing. I don't care. That's a future and a hope. Praise God. But I'll tell you, without hesitation tonight, that the Word of God was meant to always encourage you, to instruct you, to comfort you, and sometimes to convict you, amen, but it was never meant to torment you. So never allow the enemy to use the Word of God against you in that kind of tormenting way. It's not of God. We shouldn't even accept that. Amen. But we got to know, know the Word for ourselves so the enemy will not be able to twist it around and cause torment at all. You know, um, what's very interesting how God works in a lot of these situations, Sunday, Brother Reveille, uh showed a scripture to us, and he said, I want you to read this scripture, and I want you to tell this, speak this scripture to yourself. Uh, you know, and it goes, he goes, if there's anything that you get today, get this scripture. I don't know if you remember that. And it was Psalms 118, verse 17. And I hadn't even studied for this lesson yet, when he preached that sermon, he didn't really know what I was going to talk. He didn't know at all what I was teaching tonight. And this verse is in the book for lesson five that he talked about on Sunday. Isn't God great to confirm his word? What was that verse? Psalm 118, 17. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. You remember he said that? 
I shall not die and live and declare the works of the Lord. So she read that and said, all right, I'm not dying. I'm going to be good. Praise God. But another morning, the author woke up. She was feeling overwhelmed and unworthy. Just, just, just came on her that morning. She even questioned if God still had a plan for her life. And this is how it, 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 when, when we, uh, when, when uh, torment and fear and anxiety uh, get too much of a hold in our lives, this is what can happen. Um, and she went down to do her daily devotions, which she did in the morning. And she was reading in the Gospels in her daily devotion, but she, something, she didn't feel like reading in the Gospels. And this was all you know, in her mind, and she was feeling this way. But God said, go to Jeremiah. And she felt like God leading her to Jeremiah. So she went to Jeremiah chapter 1, and she read through it. And when she got to verse 5, she stopped in her tracks. And this is another verse that Brother Reveille talked about on Sunday. It was awesome. Jeremiah 1, 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So this verse reminded her that God knew right where she was, knew what she was feeling, and he still had a plan for her life. He had it before she was born. He had it last year. He had it yesterday, and he had it this morning. Even with feeling tormented and full of anxiety, he still loves her. He knew where, he, where she was at and had a plan. Amen. And God sees where you are and where I am and what we're going through. He's aware of us and we are not hidden from him. He knows what everything is. So we just need to thank him and get the word in our hearts because the truth will set us free. So though sometimes we might feel forgotten of God, let us, let, 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 let's assure ourselves and, and let's just realize for a moment tonight and every day of our lives, he's never left us. He's never forsaken us. We've got Bible for that. And, and, we, and, and I've said it many times, never mistake the silence of God for the absence of God. Sometimes God is quiet in our life, but he's there. Amen. You know, sometimes, like, like the author said, one time when she when the when daughter was upstairs and he couldn't hear her, Mommy, Mommy, I'm still here. I'm just not making any noise. I'm still here, though. Don't you worry. So as we add, you know, Psalm 118, 17, and Jeremiah 1, 5, and other verses, 2 Corinthians 2, 11, as we add some of these scriptures to our hearts and our minds, uh, amen, they become arsenals. Uh, uh, in, they become weapons in our arsenal. They become uh, arrows in our quiver. They become more tools in our tool chest to fight against the enemy. And what they're going to do, they're going to give us confidence because we're not going to just, when fear and anxiety come, we're not going to just be, oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, you know what? I'm going to call on the name of Jesus. I'm going to plead the blood. I'm going to quote some scripture. I'm going to pray some scripture. I'm going to pray right now. I'm not going to accept this. I'm going to resist. I don't have to accept it. I'm going to resist the devil and he will flee from me. Amen. So earlier in the lesson, I mentioned the power of praying the word and the homework assignment. It's coming up right now. So we need to remember that God's word is forever settled in heaven. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall by no means pass away. God said in uh, Numbers 23, 19, it reminds us, God is not a man that he should lie, 
nor a son of man that he should repent or change his mind. He ha has he said and will he not do or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Oh yeah, he's going to stand behind his word. That's why if we, we pray the word and we hold on to the word, we're going to be okay. And the reason we can pray the word with confidence is because God always backs up his word. God always confirms his word. Amen. And his children can always count on his word. Amen. Praise God. We can take God at his word. Amen. Because God can't lie. And the Bible said it's impossible for him to lie. So I don't know if you would just want to commit this to memory or you want to write it down, but here's the homework assignment for us to pray sometime this week before next Thursday, Psalms chapter 91 and 118. Psalms 91 and 118 doesn't have to be in any order. It could be 118 first or 190 or 91. So Psalm 91 or Psalms 118. And, um, I'm going to read the first verse as, the, as it's read in the Bible of each of these chapters. And then I'm going to read the verse again as if I'm praying that verse, making it more personal to me. Okay? Just to give you an, uh, an example. So, um, Psalm 118, verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. That's what it says. And so if I was in prayer... I could just read it like that. It's fine. Or I could say, I give you thanks, Lord, for you are good because your mercy endures forever. I'm making it personal in my prayer life. You see how I kind of like changed it a little bit? Psalm 91.1, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I can pray this way. When I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, I shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be in that place. You know, you can just kind of pray that way and just go down. And she says sometimes she'll, she'll do those chapters, you know, two or three times in that, in that prayer session. Just, you know, just praying it, reading it through. Praying, you know, just kind of reading it like anointed, you know, almost like you're preaching because all, all, all believers are preachers, okay? So, you know, you, you can just, just read it, you know, and all fired up and read it with passion and read it with fervor, you know, amen. And as you pray uh, the word, let the word speak to you, let the word lead you, let the word strengthen you. That's the whole point. It's not that, oh, well, I signed up to read the Bible in one year. So, you know, I got 1,189 chapters and that's divided by 365. Oh my goodness, I'm so far behind already. So I'm just going to read it to read it. No, read it. Who cares if you don't get it you make it? Amen. The more important thing is to read it with, you know, uh, just getting something out of it, not just you know, reading it through. Sometimes I'll, I'll be sitting there and I'll be uh, reading the Bible and I'll read it through. And then and I, all, all of a sudden I go, you know, I wasn't even hardly paying attention when I was reading those verses. I just thought about something I had to do, you know, later on. So I go, I'm rereading that. No, not okay. Well, I already read those. So I'll get, I'll catch those, you know, two years from now when I get back to that passage. No, because that's not the point. The, the point is I need to 
to get it. Just like when Jesus said, some people, he said, she, he said when the Gentiles pray, he said, they think they're going to be heard by God for their much speaking. Just to say a bunch of hallelujah, 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 praise God, praise God, praise God, glory to God, glory to God, God, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, 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 you know, and all that kind of stuff. You know, well, you know, the hallelujah, hallelujah, I'm going to get 15 more minutes of this, you know, and then I'm going in and out or whatever, you know, so. No, we're, we're, we're there to say, Lord, here I am. I'm, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I need you. And, 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 I, and part of prayer is listening because it's a relationship. It's two-way because sometimes God can't get word in edgewise. We're just saying all this stuff and we got our, you know, a long, laundry list like that we're going to be telling Santa about and all this stuff. And then God's kind of like, you know, trying to jump in on the jump rope, you know, and he, he can't get in because we don't, you know, zip it enough for him to speak to us. That's why sometimes we don't need to preach. Amen. Like, like a couple Sundays ago, we didn't need to preach because God did all the work already. We had altar call uh, before uh, some of your wonderful testimonies. And, and uh, we just have to be sensitive to God. That's what it's all about. And even in our personal devotion, be sensitive to God. Amen. So I'm going to close with this poem. And this is a poem that really blessed the author. And it's about the word. And it says, Oh, the word of God, my mighty fortress. I rest there day and night. The arrows cannot touch me. This shield is my delight. For I know when the battle rages, the name in two I run. Then I pick up my sword, the word of God, and tell my enemy, yes, it has begun. It comforts me when I'm weary, refreshes me in the fight. Sing songs of beauty to my heart and tells me I'm his delight. The word of God, what can compare? Its power has no end. Consume it, devour it, know it, and let the relationship begin. Would you stand with me? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.